Now, as we reflect... Oh, thank you, yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm just going to read out two scriptures uh, before we take... Um, before we remember what Jesus has done for us. Um, hugely symbolic moment in, 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 your, in your walk with the Lord, right? When, you, when we get to sit with bread and wine and remember what Jesus did for us. So let me read out Isaiah 53.10. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life, and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. You know, that scripture often hits me, but, and that, that is prophesying about Jesus. And it was God's good plan to let him suffer, to let him be crushed. And what just came to me this morning was when in the crushing of, becomes new wine, and, and we are that new wine of, of Jesus. He took our crushing for us. So I challenge you this morning, what, what are you remembering this morning that Jesus has done for you? The last scripture I'll read out is from Philippians 2. He made himself nothing. He took the humble position of a slave and appeared in human form. And in human form, he obediently humbled himself even further by dying a criminal's death on the cross. Because of this, God raised him up to the heights of heaven and gave him a name that is above every other name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So Jesus, as we take these elements, we just thank you. We just, as the song said, all I can bring to you as a king is our thank you and our, and our awareness that there's nothing we could have done, Lord. We can only humble ourselves towards you and say thank you, Jesus, and recognize that you made a way, that there's nothing we can do to make a way to the Father. And we thank you, Lord, because it's out of love, it's out of an utter amazing rescue that you wanted us back so bad that you gave, that the, that the Trinity gave up the most precious thing, and that it was the blood of the Lamb. So Jesus, we take this cup and we remember your blood shed for us so that we can appear before the Father Absolutely, covered in your righteousness and covered as white as snow. So you can take your... And Lord, we, we take this bread now and we just remember the crushing of your, of, of your body so that we can be released from bondage. And Lord, we just remember your words, it is finished. Amen. Amen. Ken. We're going to be blessed by you this morning. We'll, we'll pray over you. So, Lord God, we just thank you for Ken. Um, for those that don't know, Ken, Ken is one of our elders. Um, yeah, we love you, Ken. We just lift you up. And we, we just thank you, Lord, for putting a, a, a message on Ken's heart. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear and open hearts, Lord, to hear what the message is this morning. Uh, we receive it, Lord. We thank you for working through and we anoint the words and we ask for fruit to be produced in our hearts and our minds, Lord, as Ken speaks your word. Amen. 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 Thank you, brother. Good morning. Uh, first and foremost, we, last time I was here was last Wednesday week and we had a, a night of uh, prayer and worship and uh, 
something changed in me that night. I got an, an incredible touch of God. In all the years I'm with him and everything, it was like a new, a new freshness of just knowing him. And uh, what I say tomorrow, this morning is that uh, the same Holy Spirit that fell that night is here this morning. The same Holy Spirit wants to touch each and every one of us this day. And uh, those who weren't there on, on, on the Wednesday... Uh, don't worry, you're going to get a chance just by the end of the meeting, I believe, that God is going to move and uh, touch us afresh. Amen. Uh, the, our, our Bible uh, study that's going on during the year, uh, I got this out, it's out of Luke 18, uh, 1 to 8, 18, and my phone is at the closing, and I have to open it again, <laughs> sorry. But... Uh, it's up there. It should be up on the screen. Yeah. Uh, bear with me. By the way, just letting you know, the nervousness I have and all is not going to stop what God has had to give me. So uh, if it comes out sideways, upside down, it's not my problem. It is. <laughs> all right. And, uh, but praise God. I'm actually looking forward to this to myself because reading it o- o- over the week, I- I've learned so much about hanging in there. And the, the parable uh, in Luke 18, 1 to, 18, 1 to 8, uh, there's, there's five parables in this book of Luke. Luke but uh, I, there's all together in the whole book, there's 24 parables. Now, I'm only going to do a few, okay? <laughs> but the, but uh, I'm, I'm concentrating on the first one about the, the parable of the persistent widow. And uh, just read it. Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. Wouldn't like to meet him on a Monday morning if I had a... Anyway. And there was a, a widow in the town who kept coming to him with a, a plea. Grant me justice against my adversaries. For some time... He refused. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones? who cry out to him day and night, will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the, the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on, on the earth? And uh, again, I'd say I wouldn't fancy going up against that judge. <laughs> He's a, he, didn't, he was a tough one. But uh, it's funny that he says in, 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 verse, uh, in verse 8, or verse 6, he said, listen to what the unjust judge, listen to what he says. And uh, it's interesting to, to think how harsh he was, how how couldn't care less. It was just a job and he's just pff, going through it. And uh, 
This teaches, this, this teaches that justice has this, our, our justice is the source from God. It's not from man, thank God, because we'd be coming up against judges like that. We are called to be uh, persistent in pray, prayer and uh, res- resilient in everything we do. And that, that's the difference. Uh, uh, the Mosaic Law, for instance, that was around that time, uh, once you became a widow, you were nothing. You had no rights. You had to rely on, on people around you. You're, you're supposed, to re- supposed to rely on, on, on your son. But obviously he wasn't there. And uh, so she had to speak for herself, which was very, very unusual for a woman to even, even get that for. But the judge under the Mosaic Law was also uh, supposed to give special attention to widows. And he didn't. He sort of shoved her away and she, he was way down the list of priorities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it did not stop her from pushing and keep going. And uh, the, the persistence of her is, is, was amazing. And again, I don't, again, because she was under a special uh, uh, law of the, of the judge, she... She, he couldn't kill her really, so it was a catch-22. Annoyed her to bits, but he had to, he had to answer her eventually. So the judge got fed up altogether and just wanted her out of her sight and said, look, will you give her nag, nag, nag? <laughs> and she, she really must have gotten under his skin, but he gave it to her. Jesus says, listen to what the, the, the judge says. I, I think it's his attitude he wants us to, ca- to grasp as well, that his attitude was just horrible. Imagine people that you're, 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 you're desperate enough to ask and they're horrible. It's just that feeling. Ugh, and that. He's drawn a contrast between the judge and the father heart of God, what we have today. It's something else. It just it got me. Uh, if we read the scriptures again in verse 7 and 8 it says and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones that's you and me he chose us before we were even born to be right here this day who cried out to him day and night will he keep putting them off I tell you he will see that they get justice and quickly however when the son of man comes he will find faith on earth and that's a good part at the end there we get back to that uh, it, it's like it's like the the other parables about uh, we're going to go through about the pharisee and and the the tax collector you know he worked the, the pharisee was looking all on, on look at me I, i'm not hanging around with them people over there especially that head of one and uh, but uh, I'm going to pay for that after. But, uh, you know, it, it was all works and everything. But uh, the, tax man, the tax collector just cried from his heart, I'm a sinner. He recognized who he was talking to. He also recognized who he was. And that's the, dif- that's the difference. And uh, that's the pra- prayer uh, the Lord loves and he listens to and answers. Yeah. Our, our God is a total opposite to that judge. Don't know about you, but sometimes uh, I forget that he's total opposite. Yeah. I doubt it because I'm going through a, 
a struggle or a hardship or anything, I really forget who I've got on my side, who I, who, who I have that I can go to. And he's not going to just be bored or flippant with me. I sing songs sometimes, you know, uh, here in church, and I say, you know, he is good, he is good. And, I, and, I'm, and sometimes I just sing it because they're on the screen and I'm not singing it from my heart, you know. And uh, I just don't feel. I don't feel. But guess what? It doesn't change the way God feels, the way I feel. You know, he, because he's good all the time. Time even when I'm not in, I'm in the horrors, he's still good. He doesn't change. Yes, God created how we. He cares about how we feel, but feelings don't create reality in a Christian's walk, because we don't, we don't rely on our feelings. Because if we, if we do, we're in trouble, because my feelings go all over the place. But. Uh, in other words, our feelings do not change the essential attributes of God, which is, our, our, which is his goodness, his love, and his care for us. He won't get tired of us going to. He doesn't get, say, oh, God, not him again. He doesn't get fed up. Uh, he actually invites us. He invites us to come to him. No matter where we're at, no matter who we are, no matter where we've been, he invites us to come to him, which is, which is incredible. Our God responds out of love, not out of duty. The judge responded out of duty. Our God, because he loves us. He just loves us. It takes faith to uh, persevere in prayer. And the way you approach our prayer tells us all about, a lot about of our faith. Prayer takes faith. And you know, sometimes I don't know, you can get scared of the word faith. If you have enough faith, it's not, it's not how much you squeeze your hands or close your eyes. If you have enough faith. How do you know you have, you have faith? Because you're still praying. You're still going. You're still here. You're still in church. You know, no matter what rotten week we had or fantastic week we are, we still turn up here. Why? Because we know there's something. There's a, it's like a sanctuary. We know. And that's, that's, to do with, that's to do with the body as well. He doesn't want us to do it on our own. <laughs> you know, if you don't have faith, you just give up. <laughs> you know, and uh, you, know, you, just, you, just, you just stop. And, and you just stop. And you could, I, I, you know, I, I got a funny thought there. I just think, imagine if we say, just stop. And there, there's Jesus in a rocking chair and he's looking at you and he started going, well, the widow didn't give up. Just say it. You know, <laughs> okay, right, I'll go back. You know, some Christians, they're not in this church. I just want to point this out. This does not happen here. This is all the other churches we're talking about. Uh, some Christians would, would say, well, Lord, I have given you a, Intercede and I'm giving you a good 15 minutes of solid rock prayer. Now it's your turn. Do what you have to do. You know, a difference in an attitude. You know, I saw on television one time this athlete run a 1500 meter marathon. 
and she was out in front and she tripped and she stumbled and she and next of all the rest just went by what, what, what really impressed me was that she got back up and she limped to the line it was nothing to do about the medal it wasn't enough to do, it was the finishing it's a finishing t- that, that got me it said God loves finishers God loves finishers it's the dedication and the, and the relentless hours of, of an athlete that put, puts in. This is where the gold medals are. This is, this is where I, I saw a certain person training uh, along a very country American road with lots of trees. And it was a very lone figure. And I said, there's, there's that athlete. I said, there's where that person won medals there's one there's where she became number one it wasn't it wasn't uh, you know for what 20 less than 20 minutes or something she put it in months and years of practice and it, it sort of it's constantly keep going before the throne of, of prayer it's constantly keeping going it, it really is it's like you're pushing. Push. That's a good word. I got, I got this. this is a fridge magnet for anybody that should have. Push. Praying until something happens. Push. There's a, in that word, there's a force. You're, you know, you know the, the thing is, whatever's coming against us, whether it's anything that's trying to rob us of our life, that's trying to rob us of our future, and I, I really believe... If you're going to get thick, if you're going to get mad at something, get mad at that. It's like, you know, you know we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but we've got to realise what, what fight we're in and when there is a fight and when it's just me or it's the cornflakes I ate this morning. You know what I mean? But, but the fact of the matter is, is, if you're going to get mad, I've heard more testimonies and everything that, that there was years robbed of people's lives until they said no more. And they realized there's a God in heaven had a plan for, for their future and everything. And they, and they got thick. And every time it came back at them, they got even more thicker. But they had the weapons this time. They had the weapons that God gave us to, to, to beat this. And I, I believe that the persistent widow was, was that. She, didn't, she, didn't, she wasn't even saved. Yet she had the, the persistence, the relentless urge to, to get to the, to the point that she got what she wanted. We need the, the realize, realize, realization to be relentless in our prayer and our request to God. Resilience is more than... For a Christian, resilience is more than something that we do. It's what we are. It's what we are. We, giving up should not be an option. Caesar said in Duncan, and I because I've given up, so I've made more comebacks than Frank Sinatra, believe me. But Elisa came back. Elisa got back up, and, and it's only by the grace of God you dust yourself off and you keep going. But you have the God, a God that does dust you off, shakes you up, 
builds you up and brings you along. It's about understanding your strength coming from the power of of the Holy Spirit that's in each and every one of us here. Wow. That is not a bad toolkit to be bringing around. That is not a, a bad weapon of warfare because... You know, he gives it, he's given us, he gives the armor, everything. I like the sword. Come here now. <laughs> Which is the word? The two men that went up to the temple to pray in the, in the, in the, the other story was the, the Pharisee and the tax collector. And I just, I, I just see that tax collector. I just see his heart. His heart that would just say... I, I, I'm just cutting away all the, the niceties and screaming at the bottom of his heart saying, I am a sinner. I need you. I need you. And the realisation, and you know, the, the thing was, he says, he, he just, as he shouted, mercy, have mercy, I am a sinner. The same way to pray, to pray from her, the, he, he just, he just, he just went home with God. He just walked down the road again with a brand new life and everything. Like each and every, I'm sure every one of us, I know every one of us here has done that at one stage. And this is, this is what, what the Lord is, is saying. It's true, true that the, the widow being persistent. The other story is about the children. I love Sunday school because I don't call it Sunday school. It's Bible college. That's real Bible college in there because the children, the, the disciples were pushing them away. But Jesus called to the children to him, to his side. Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Do you want to see a picture of, of that? Of children's you know, it says, that, you know, childlike faith. You put that one up, Malachi. Uh, where am I? There she is. She's a very proud mommy and dad right now. I remember taking that picture, you know, and immediately it, it came to me was, wow, that's childlike faith. She's not afraid. She's not concerned. She hardly knows that beautiful lady beside her. I'll say that after the last one. You know, and she's holding her hand like she knew her all her life. And you see, that's, to me, that's, that's childlike faith. And that's what, we, we, we should pro- approach the throne of God with childlike faith. Not afraid. Not feeling bad about ourselves or what we've done. Or, but just, just go and hold a hand. Just go and hold, hold his hand. Wherever you're at this morning, just hold his hand. And be, be who you are. You don't have to be anybody else. And you can relax in the knowledge that he's in control, that you do not have to be worried. Look, she's not... Not even actually, she's too busy just saying, "Oh yeah, I'm here, I'm here." Imagine, imagine if I got one you to come up and hold my hand here. Oh, we'd cringe. Well, I don't know about you, I would, but 
you know, that's the difference. We're all too important of ourselves at times and we're, 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 we're terrified of what they say or what they do or how you look and, you know, beating care. And that's the way the Lord wants us to approach it. And it's beautiful because you know he's going to answer his prayer. You know, we might not win every battle or every fight in this life, but with, with God on our side and because of his death, burial and resurrection, we will have the victory partly in this life, but completely in the life to come. That's not a bad deal, you know. And by the way, just to let you know that he does answer prayers and sometimes he actually says no. And you feel, God, I lost on that one. I'm not praying right through, but he answered it. And the reason why he said no is because he actually knows it's going to be bad for you. I know there's Gareth Brooks fans here, and I won't point them out. But, uh, you know, the, the song he sings, sometimes I thank God for un- unanswered prayers. And it's a very true line because you sort of, afterwards he shows you and you go, that was a close one. <laughs> that was a very close one. And he does have reasons why to do that. And there's where our trust comes in like a child. We believe that he is. Again. Once we, we learn to persistent and, and to be persist, persistent in our prayers, you know, it comes, it comes to us. It's come parts of you. It comes part of your being. I have to admit, now, I have learned this week so much through this that I'm shocked. Shocked in a good way. That my perspective of prayer has has totally changed. It really has. The power in it, the, the... I can't even put it into words, but it's just the power in it. And uh, also the intimacy in it. It's just, it's at the knock of me for six. We can sit in the midst of a, of a storm and be, and be still because of it. How do you do that? I know, I know Heather was in a storm and all she kept saying, but Jesus is in the boat with me. Jesus is in the boat and I understood it and I grasped it and everything, but now I really grasp it. You know, it is, it's, just, it's just beautiful. The body, the body of, which is the church here, and I, I, I learned also that, uh, you know, when you're interceding, for some strange reason, but maybe it was just me, I thought it was just me and him, you, you intercede, and yeah, you do, you, you get into your prayer closet and you can pray there, but also, you intercede with with the body of Christ, which is which is here. We have people around us that, like a scaffolding, that will hold us up and pray us through and help us to get here. You know, Jesus told his disciples that they should always pray and never give up. He told them. He didn't say, "Well, you do this." As a, as a body, 